0: Man. I would never cheat on my first wife. I could see your dad being like the Columbo of reporters for Donald Trump. Right. Oh, uh, just one last thing, uh, Mr. Trump.
1: Art. Aren't I...
0: you still married? Art.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so
3: now I was reading about Trump. Yeah, go ahead.
4: Now Sorry. they're talking to themselves about how much trouble they're gonna be in when they get caught in the lie, and she's judging him again for being a skunk. So he's like, okay, you know what a skunk I am? And he admits that he knew that Gary Coleman had won the trifecta
0: before Ah.
4: he invited him over to her and over to the house. And so it's another time in which he's chasing her, gets her, she's like, I don't like you, and He turns her around, and we start to like him at this point in the movie. Oh, that's cool. Yeah.
5: Oh, boy. Now, why is there a laundry room again in the train station? It's...
6: You
2: to the weekly review with roman today it's friday october 2nd 2020 thanks so much for tuning in we are broadcasting live from mutiny radio we're in san francisco and we're on unceded ramitush land for more information please go to weeklyrev.wordpress.com and there under the land acknowledgements tab you'll find much more information including history places to donate and a lot more places to learn okay there's a uh, lot to get to today, and we'll be having some callers from... <sighs> I'm gonna uh, take a, a deep breath first. I, I did run here. Uh, I seldom do run anywhere, and uh, due to the air quality, did not bike, and uh, I was also uh, just running a little bit behind, So, and it all could have been hidden had I chose not to, ch- to share my truth. So I'm, uh, I'm getting myself together here and uh, do have uh, quite a lot going on today. It's been, uh, so much has been happening, constantly happening in the world. And what we try to do here is share some of the information that corporate media either doesn't cover at all or chooses to um, cover with a very biased pro-capitalist slant which we do not like. So we'll be providing some news stories and some headlines for folks and Later on, we'll be talking about Prop Twenty-Two, which is g- a ballot. Will be on the ballot. I should probably sit down. That's what I should probably do. And take a deep breath. Um, I'm also going to share the music. We we'll start off with Karma Police. Don't know why I played that this morning. Someone else did, and I was like, "That's a good idea." And uh, following that was Turntables by Janelle Monet. And I'm actually going to play a little bit more music while I get a little bit more comfortable here and get myself together. So thanks again so much for tuning in, and we'll be back in a little bit. Here in Forest Green, everyone
7: knows that life is so serene. And what's not to love under the sky and the shining?
2: myself a little bit more together. Thanks again for tuning in. Uh, this is your first time welcome. this is the weekly review with Roman go over some news stories play music speak with folks. there's just so much happening in the world and this hopefully will provide a just a little sliver of what's going on and wanting to use time and energy and resources to to spread the truth and to inform folks and remind people that there's so many people out there who are working to create a better world even though a lot of the times it feels like the opposite. I'm going to take a deep breath, I'm going to go through some headlines and a few news stories. These are not in any particular order, and again these are just a uh, few things I've come across in the last week or so. Did want to, as far as uh, the upcoming election goes, uh, for local the local races here in California, I want to um, ensure folks can vote yes on I. Um, and there's just a little piece of information about that. I must have had a lot of coffee this morning because I am talking so fast that my mind is racing. And there's a lot I want to say. Oh, there's a lot I want to say. Oh, boy. Whew, we'll see. We'll see how I feel when I get to it. It's a tweet from Lee Hepner who said, uh, Trump is part-time owner of 555 California here in San Francisco, which is currently on the market. So yes on I would increase his taxes on that sale and put them in a fund for emergency rent relief. So there's a flyer that's going on around that. And just a lot of, there's a lot of reasons to vote yes on I, but that is one one of the many reasons. And as we go on, we will talk more about that. Also uh, there's yes on 15, which would reset the property tax rate on this building after its sale, distributing billions in annual proceeds to school districts and community colleges. California currently ranks 46th in per-pupil spending, and this would be a huge opportunity to fix that. So, again, yes on 15 and yes on I for the upcoming election. I do remember 555 California going to a protest there. I mean, it feels like a lifetime ago, but it was probably like in 2016 or something, and they have revolving doors, and I'm getting stuck in the revolving door. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, Yes on I, yes on 15. Ugh. From Freedom for Immigrants, uh, you can follow them on Twitter, at Migrant Freedom. There's a thread that they published on the 29th of September. Six months ago, they launched a COVID-19 hotline to document abuses in ICE prisons. Since then, they have received over 10,000 calls, and they have just published their latest report analyzing data from the hotline, attorneys, advocates, and media reports. And they have a thread, and I'll read through this. Since uh, Freedom for Immigrants last update, ICE officials announced three deaths in custody, Fernando Sabonier-Garcia, Cipriano Chavez-Alvarez, and Romian Jolly. (sighs) 21 people have lost their lives in ICE custody this fiscal year, the highest in 15 years. At least 7 of the 17 people who have died in ICE custody since the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic arrived in ICE detention via a transfer from state or federal jails or prisons after completing a criminal sentence or being paroled out. Half of these deaths were people over 50. Advocates are concerned, however, that the true death toll of COVID-19 in ICE prisons is undercounted due to the lack of information regarding lack of transparency on testing, transfers, and cohorting practices. Uh, ICE continues to refuse to report how many of its contract staff have tested positive for COVID-19. Considering over 70% of people in ICE custody are detained in prisons operated by private prison companies, this represents a huge lack of transparency. Speaking of transfers, uh, Jeff Merkley and Michael Bennett introduced a bill that would, one, stop interfacility transfers during the pandemic, two, stop jail prison to ICE transfers during the pandemic, three, require ICE to comply with CDC guidance, four, require ICE to release people to comply. Cipriano Chavez Alvarez, who had lymphoma, diabetes, kidney disease, and hypertension, became the seventh person to die of COVID-19 in ICE custody. Earlier this summer, he was transferred from federal prison custody to ICE. Uh, Kao Lee, a 41-year-old refugee of Laos, fought fires this summer while in CDCR custody. After his time was served, he was transferred into ICE custody where he faces deportation. And I believe that there are folks are pressuring uh, Newsom. To have uh HoSA released. Uh, transfers are also a form of retaliation. Last month we filed a or they they filed a civil rights complaint with SPL Center and Chem American Council. Let me click on that to give them your full name. Cameroon, that's a Cameroon American Council. Why am I talking so fast? I guess because there's just so much and others over racism against black hunger strikers detained at Pine Prairie. Last week, many of those hunger strikers were transferred. Uh, transfers also directly are also directly responsible for COVID-19 outbreaks. For example, ICE transferred people in order to deploy agents to anti-racism protests in D.C., triggering one of the largest outbreaks of COVID-19 and ICE detention since the onset of the pandemic. These transfers have also resulted in a number of people disappearing from the ICE locator system. Over the past month, we documented 26 instances in which the location of people in ICE custody was listed as call field office with no other info about their location for weeks. For example, on July 21st, an individual's location in the ICE locator changed from being detained at the LaSalle ICE Processing Center in Gina, Louisiana to call field office and that's in quotations. On September 17th, 59 days later, their status was listed as at the Chrome Service Processing Center in Miami. And the thread goes on, there's a lot more information there, so I do want to encourage folks um, j- to learn more. You can follow them, follow the Freedom for Immigrants account at Migrant Freedom, and also just to fucking abolish ICE, which ICE have never been created in the first place, they should just be fucking abolished. It's disgust, disgusting, I'm disgusted. Have been disgusted for a long time. Still disgusted. That's kind of that's my motto for a lot of things. Constantly disgusted. Whew. All right. Going to get two on more, and then we'll play some more music, and then we'll hop on the phone line in a little bit. Oh goodness, there's so much here to share, and I think I'm gonna. Go to Democracy Now!, which shared some information. Uh, Native American activists continue to fight against Trump's border wall in Arizona. And this was posted on October 1st in Arizona. Tejano Udham Land and Water Defenders held another protest Wednesday against the construction of the border wall near a sacred spring inside the Oregon Pipe National Monument the federal government has blocked road access to the Sacred Spring where contractors have been pumping millions of gallons of groundwater to make cement for the wall. Well, for all these contractors, they can go fuck themselves. Um, Perhaps there's a more... I don't know how else to say it, really, but just the folks who are doing this, it's fucking disgusting and quit your job. Don't do this. It's, It's just disgusting. And also, I guess, the history of colonialism is destroying nature, destroying people's land, destroying everything that's sacred in this world. Oh, I don't want to b- sound like a downer, but like, it's just disturbing that this is continuing to happen. All Um, right. I'll do one more, one more story here or one more um, headline. And I do want folks just to, just a reminder that there are some positive news stories coming up. So, just, um, at UC Santa Barbara, uh, students, workers, and communities um, were protesting demanding cops off campus abolish the police. You can follow this account at UCFTP, which is awesome. I would love a shirt that said UCFTP. That would be great. I think I've had a UC Berkeley shirt. I've had a, I had a uh, Aggies, UC Davis Aggies nightgown at one point, and I feel like uh, it would be complete if I had a UCFTP shirt of sorts. And so you can follow them for more information and join up if you are a worker, a student, uh, alumni, any of the following, or just someone who wants to support COPS Off Campus, UCFTP is their Twitter handle, Uh, COPS Off University of California campuses by September 1st of 2021. I totally support that. There's also, oh, uh, yesterday there was a teach-in from Yale. looks like a lot of uh, schools are looking just to get COPS completely removed from campuses, which is wonderful. And I also wanna share a tweet, abolish T-U-P-D from them, abolish, at abolish T-U-P-D. One thing I really took away from the C underscore resistance slash UCR cops off campus teaching yesterday is that we cannot simply limit our analysis to getting rid of police. We must also understand the many ways policing shows up in academia and our communities in many insidious ways. Yes. All right. So I'm going to take a bit of a music break here um, for a few minutes, and we'll be on the phones very shortly with some uh, folks from Gig Workers Rising to learn more about Prop 22. And we'll be back in a bit. Stay tuned. <coughs>
7: I'm not touched, but I'm aching to be I want you to come, walk this world with me
2: Back to the Weekly Review, I'm joined by a caller on the line. Thanks so much for uh, calling in. Thank you for having me. Sure. So we're going to talk a little bit about Prop 22, and I thought we could just start off if you wanted to introduce yourself.
8: Yes. Oh, thank you again. Thank you for having me. My name is Sherry Murphy. I'm a Social Justice Minister here in the East Bay. I'm also a Lyft driver. I've been driving Lyft for about uh, three years. It's been my primary source of income and
2: I've driven over 12,000 rides. Wow, that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So how? Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about Prop 22. And um, I know a little bit about it, but I don't know so much. So I know that the Gig Workers Rising are organizing folks to, to share more information about it. And I also know that Uber and Lyft and these bigger companies are trying to really buy a lot of airtime to try to sway Voters, so I wanted to have workers themselves share their thoughts on this.
8: Yes. It's very vital that you hear it from the real experts and those are the rideshare drivers. Mm-hmm. What we know is, is that Proposition 22 is a ballot measure written by multi-million dollar corporations, Lyft, Uber, and DoorDash to deny workers of their basic wages and labor protections. Ugh. You know, this election, we're in the fight for our livelihood in our lives for economic and racial justice from the top to the bottom of this ballot measure. And what I know is that uh, for the past 10 years, Lyft and Uber have had a history of promoting discriminatory and retaliatory practices um, consisting of lies and, and threatening and exploiting workers. And it's so critical that the Californian voters vote no and um, not being complicit with all of that.
2: Yes, absolutely. Ugh. Yeah, I've heard nothing I mean, from the folks I know who have also dro- driven for Lyft and Uber, just it it sounds like the the companies just do nothing to take care of the workers at all. So it's frustrating that they're trying to have even more control.
8: Yeah, mm-hmm. I um, it it was really painfully clear uh, for me to, how I first started um, um, driving for Lyft and Uber. I was in my last year of. Um, Masters of Divinity and beginning to start my doctoral program, and I needed something that was flexible, and so, you know, Lyft was um, offering, quote-unquote, this flexibility along with um, a car, mm-hmm. um, and so it, it, it felt like a godsend, and um, I was in desperate need of that flexibility, but over the years, as the number of bonuses um, decreased while the demand the complete rise, increase, and making major cuts to take-home pay, it was becoming increasingly difficult to sustain a living. Mm-hmm. And so signs of, uh, of that flexibility um, that was never there uh, began to happen. It was much more clear when COVID-19 hit.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it really laid bare just how – Predatory. So many companies and corporations are, and how they only care about profit instead of uh, the people who get them their profit.
8: Right, and and what's interesting is is that over seventy percent of the rideshare drivers are African American and people mm. of color, and over and, and about fifty percent of them are immigrants. Wow. And so, you know, while we see. Uh, Lyft, Uber, and DoorDash, and Postmates uh, paying Lyft service in support of Black Lives. What I know personally is that they're complete hollow words and they're hiding behind these billboard signs that you see in the city. Yeah. uh, Along with big checks, screening by, you know, well-paid public relations teams, absence of any real change. And what I can tell you is that I know what it's like to work long hours with no guaranteed wage and no work breaks and no restroom facilities over time. I mean, I know what it feels like to have a looming threat of an accident, no coverage, um, deactivation based on retaliation with no protection in place, or just having to be misclassified Mm -hmm. and having to struggle for three months to get unemployment in the middle of this pandemic. Um, And so this proposition is just another attempt To weaken labor and wage protection. Yes. And to give uh, rideshare workers no remedies, no voice, um, and no promise of real change and betterment. Right.
2: Ugh. Ugh. I'm uh, taking that in and just, yeah. Is there anything else you would uh, like to share?
8: Uh, to just to add that, you know, when, I, when the COVID-19 hit, cause I think that the uh, voters need to understand that, you know, riders were uh, faced with uh, what I would call a so a double choice. Mm-hmm. You know, they had to face a disease that could, that could kill them in an effort to secure their bills. And while we were um, seeking a refuge in our troubled land, Lyft and Uber were just nowhere to be found. Uh, when we attempted to secure a mask and hand sanitizers, them, pay sick time off, you know, Lyft, we were confronted with uh, obstacles and lack of transparency at um, processes mm-hmm. uh, with and uber And so for them uh, to write a law um, six weeks after uh, AB5, which granted us um, uh, employee benefits, um, we should know, the, the, the voters should know that this is a misguided Mm-hmm. proposition filled with ambiguous language that, at the end of the day, weakens um, our wage and benefit protections, and it creates a special extension in the law um, for them. It's a it's a form of negligent and deceptive um, business practices, and um, not only does it affect ride share, I mean ride share drivers, but it also affects the passengers. Mm-hmm. And so it's just critical that we vote no. Yes. Um,
2: yeah i keep on, uh, wanting to agree with you and then i also want to say just a reminder vote no on 22 so it's hard for me to say yes at the same time if that makes sense right mm-hmm. um and i'm also thinking about what you were saying in terms of the demographics of the drivers um many drivers being african-american and immigrants and how these are folks who are just cons it's just another example of the white supremacist uh imperialist State pretty much just attacking workers and attacking, uh, just attacking people.
8: And you're absolutely right. And what we also know about uh, rideshare drivers that look like me is that they work thirty hours or more. Mm. Um, so this is not like your, you know, back in the day when we would use the word gig like a part time. These yeah.
1: people,
8: these folks are using it as their primary source of income. Right. And what's really significant about this is, is that. Uh, a, a, a significant percentage of them cannot even afford a four hundred dollar expense. Um, so what we're asking for are basic wages protection, and in this ballot measure does not offer that at all. Um, as a matter of fact, there was a study performed by the UC um, Berkeley, and it um, came out with was that if this proposition passes, uh, it pretty much guarantees rideshare drivers $5.64 an hour. Uh, It provides no sick leave. The medical expenses that they provide um, comes with major Mm -hmm. conditions. One of those is making sure that you work approximately 39 hours of engaged time. Mm -hmm. And what that means, and let me try to break that down for you, Mm -hmm. is that what that means is that if I drive – uh, forty hours during the week, um, but out of that forty hours, I only have twenty hours where I'm actually having someone in my vehicle taking them to and fro, mm-hmm. or I'm delivering something. Mm-hmm. The other twenty hours is where I w- I may have my app on waiting for a ride, yeah, and I'm on the clock, right. But according to that proposition, in that language, I'm not getting paid, and that's how it equates to five dollars <sighs> and fifty-four cents an hour Ugh. under this proposition. And that's why we need to vote. No. Uh, What you will hear, uh, what you will hear the yes people saying is that, well, it just doesn't provide me the the flexibility or you're taking my flexibility away, which is something that – which is is one of their big things. And what I want to tell the listeners is that um, billion-dollar corporations can afford to provide workers with flexibility and benefits. Just like they do with their white collar workers, And yes. there's nothing in the law that we have currently now that threatens that. Mm-hmm. What does threaten us is the bill is is taking away, cutting wages and health care for workers, or weakening safety regulations, or stripping away workers' rights. And there's nothing flexible about that.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm just trying to imagine just for fellow listeners out there, just the idea of not even being able to have access to a bathroom during your work day and what that's like right I mean, at the very you know, at the very least it's just it's it's inhumane
8: right, right. and it's inhumane. so imagine being in the middle of uh, of a pandemic and your employer refusing to pay for unemployment wages mm-hmm. that you deserve
2: right. as an employee. and they definitely can afford it too. It's not like. Uh, they have any excuses.
8: Right, right. So they wrote this proposition, um, and so if it gets to pass – if anything, if you're still undecided – this is what that I have to say to the listeners. If you're still undecided at the end of the day, remember this, um, that our Constitution requires a supermajority, meaning that two-thirds of a governing body for um, the most in, 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 in voting for, for crucial matters. Mm-hmm. In this proposition, it requires that in order to amend it, it requires uh, an unprecedented 7th, 8th, a majority um, to vote for change of blocks. Um, that's more than our Constitution um, to overturn Proposition 22. So there's just another reason why we should vote no um, and why this ballot measure needs to fail.
2: Yes. Wow! Thank you. It's
8: a sham of democracy. Yeah. Um, it will keep people in poverty with no protection, no benefits, or no recourse. Yeah. And we cannot have that.
2: Right. Whew. Wow! Thank you for for sharing that your personal experience as well as just what what these companies are up to. It's really crucial. And thank you for you know sharing your truth because I feel like that's all these companies have so much money tied up in spreading propaganda that it's so important to understand what's actually at stake
8: absolutely you know with the shelter in place all of us are dependent on frontline essential workers right yes and yes so like people like delivery people and restaurant and hospitality workers and rideshare drivers and rideshare share drivers are predominantly african-american and indigenous and brown people of color mm-hmm. and, and immigrants yes um, and so not only are we on the front lines of this crisis But when you look uh, really closely, we're among the hardest hit economically. There's nothing about this proposition that provides or promotes economic or racial justice. And that's why it's critical we vote no on Proposition 2010.
2: Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you so much for for talking with us.
8: Thank you so much for having me.
2: Absolutely. Take care.
8: All right. Bye-bye.
2: Bye. Wow, big thank you. Um, that Just so informative, and I feel like it's so crucial to talk with folks who are in it and have a, a better understanding of what's going on. So thank you, Jerry, for for calling in. We're going to take um, a little bit of a music break, and then we should have more folks calling in to learn more. So please do stay tuned. I'm going to probably play some uh, instrumental music. We'll be back in a bit. everybody welcome back i'm gonna go through a few more news articles we have here a few more pieces of information and again vote no on prop 22 and we'll be talking more about it as the weeks roll on and i do wish uh the folks who are completely invested in the presidential election took uh just even a fraction of that energy and invested that into local elections so this is from uh NorCal Resist. You can follow them on Twitter. And again, I know Twitter's got its issues. However, it's one place I go to find uh, up to date information. You can follow a lot of leftist accounts up there. Uh, you can follow NorCal Resist at NOR Resist. And I'm going to scroll down and see uh, a few things they have got going on. And they also have information in Spanish as well. They have a uh, Pro-Set Asylum and Work Permit Workshop coming up on October 24th, 2020, from 9.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. You can make you st- uh, have to make an appointment by October 16th. The number to call is 916-382-0256. So it's a virtual Pro-SC Asylum Clinic. Do you need help completing your asylum or employment authorization application? Appointments will be done through video conferencing via WhatsApp. Please download WhatsApp prior to your appointment. Again, you can find uh, an image of this, and I will, let me see if I can do a screen. I'm talking while I'm doing it to hold myself accountable to do it. Um, I've got a screen cap here, and I will post that on our weekly review webpage as well. And so you can also, um. So the documents needed would be a passport or aden- an identification card with a picture, yours, your spouse, and child, child or children, uh, birth certificates, yours, your spouse, and children, uh, marriage certificate or certificates, uh, divorce record, and divorce records, uh, death certificates if related to asylum claim, medical and police reports related to asylum claim, and any documents provided by ICE, DHS, and the immigration court. Uh, provide pictures of all documents one week prior to your appointment. Um, either by email at norcalresist at gmail.com or text 916-382-0256. I'm also going to just retweet this right now. So if you happen to be online, you can follow me on Twitter at R-O-M-A-N-R-I-M-E-R, mostly just sharing information. Oh, also, ProSE means um, means self-help. It's a program to help folks with complicated paperwork that they can't find or afford an attorney to help with. And as someone who is uh, – when I changed my name, I had uh, pro bono help and uh, – don't think I would have been able to do it without them. So really grateful for the folks who are putting in their time and energy to make dealing with bureaucracy uh, that much less of a, of a pain. So big thanks to folks doing that work. I okay so i was also going to share from norcal resist Uh, they tweeted on september 30th which feels like a long time ago but today's october 2nd it's been that kind of a year a few years where there's so much that happens in a day in a moment Uh, one can only i mean uh, this is just a fraction it's like a time capsule this is a fraction i got two hours here how best can i use this time so uh, norcal tweeted NorCalResist Resist tweeted, uh, you probably saw that the news story about increased ice activity in sanctuary cities. Uh, keep our number in your phone. A guy called when his friend was picked up by ice earlier this week, and we were able to alert attorneys who got him out that day. Quick action is critical, and their number is 916 Again, 916 And again, you can follow them on Twitter for more information, such as what I've shared, at NORResist on Twitter. All right, I'm gonna go through. Oh, here's something that's good. Yes, it's an art auction. Uh, this is from uh, Coalition on Homelessness, um, a really important org here, and they are also the folks who work to create help help create the street sheet with a lot of unhoused folks. And they have an art they have art auctions uh, at least once a year, and so they have an art auction 20 hosted by SF Coalition on Homelessness. Uh, it's an art walk and visu- virtual art auction, which will be happening it's, happening, it's happening now. October 1st, get your computer out. It's happening now, uh, it's happening October 1st through the 8th, 2020. You can start by clicking sign in at the top right-hand corner. They have um, artwork of over 120 pieces of art, diverse and medium and style of various pieces, and they have a piece for everyone. They also have merch, uh, Co- Coalition on Homelessness merchandise and posters, masks. Uh, they also have a raffle at five dollars a raffle ticket, and with prizes like autographed Warriors basketball and gift certificates to museums, food and drink, and more. They have an art walk, so go on your own. Go on your own. I'm talking so fast. I had two cups of two small cups of iced coffee this morning that I made at home, and woof, I am just going. Go on your own art walk and see over 65 pieces spread out among eight rad venues in the mission. Uh, bidding opens October 1st, so bidding is open, and bidding closes on October 8th at 9 p.m. Happy bidding. If you have any issues registering, bidding, or have any questions, please email O-G-L-O-W-A-C-K-I at C-O-H-S-F dot org. And for more information, uh, you can go to onebidpalnet dot forward slash Art Auction 20. And you can also just go to Coast on Homelessness, and I'm sure you can find a link there as well. So, so buy some art, support folks. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> also, uh, Trans Lifeline, which is a great organization, and feel free to go back. Um, or we uh, spoke with Greta and Nina, two of the the two creators, co-creators of Trans Lifeline, a couple years ago. Again, I've lost track of what uh, what time is. Trans is a great organization, really important to support them. You can find more information at translifeline.org. For folks who don't know, uh, they provide peer support and crisis hotline for trans folks in English e espanol. The number for the United States is 877-565-8860. And the number in Canada is 877-330-6366. And they also... Uh, Provide low barrier micro grants for ID changes so what I'm going to share from them is that yesterday was the first day of trans heart October they're excited to announce their mega marathon happening October 8th (coughs) excuse me through the 14th featuring 38 broadcasters for 159 consecutive hours of streaming to fund our work and they have a full schedule and (coughs) excuse me that they have. Um, so again, if you want to follow them on Twitter, that's probably the easiest way to find this graphic with all this information. You go to @translifeline on Twitter. You can find the information there, and it was posted uh, yesterday, October first. There's so much. And again, I I usually compile these stories uh, throughout the week. I bookmark a few news stories here and there, and then Thursday night I get them all together. But I did a lot yesterday afternoon, and then of course. Some other news broke last night, and um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, and I also wanted to share a thread here. Uh, the demonization of Antifa as a political strategy uh, of Trumpism derives um, from a new clear right-wing ideological traditions. From a few From a few clear right-wing ideological traditions U.S. anti-communism, anti-Semitic conspiracy theory, and classical fascism. And as a, as a communist Jew, that makes me very upset that we've got fascism still going on. And it should, you know, make everyone upset, right? Uh, this mega-long thread will trace the anti-communist or Red Scare portion. So uh, as someone who didn't really learn too much in schools about uh, alternatives to, to capitalism until I guess I had to either learn on my own or talk to other folks or take certain c- classes, uh more as a young adult uh it's just important to get that information out there so this is tweeted by rose city antifa you can follow them on twitter at rose city antifa the demonization of antifa as a political strategy of trumpism derives okay that's what i just shared they provide a little image there the far right has been justifying its own horrible behavior by attempting to portray to portray the left as even worse for a very long time much like today, this idea has been used to excuse political repression and extermination tactics. And they provided an article from Al Jazeera titled Antifa Hysteria, America's Revamped Red Scare. So there are lots of sources in this, are in this thread that you can look into. One of the binding agents holding the right together has been in opposition to liberalism, socialism, and global communism, often treated as a single enemy, covert excuse me, covertly collaborating to enact their evil agenda. And there's an article in Washington Monthly, how the right wing convinces itself that liberals are evil. Leftist evil has taken many shapes in the right imagination, but the Antifa BLM Chimera looks an awful lot like the communist civil rights one. Segregationists use the idea of a nefarious communist plot to delegitimize the civil rights movement. Being anti-communist sounds a lot more wholesome than just being plain old racist. How anti-communism and conservatism developed and was deployed at social justice movements past is important to understanding where we are today. The first Red Scare, 1917 to 1920, aimed to deport leftist immigrants, especially Italians, Jews, and Eastern Europeans. This was the climate when J. Edgar Hoover first joined the FBI and doubtless shaped his worldview and later anti-left repressive activities aimed at civil rights activists. Anti-communism has long been tied to anti-semitism and nativism. The Red Scare was charged by hostility to immigration, particularly against Jews fleeing anti-semitism in Europe. This is seen in modern conspiracy theory, i.e. QAnon, the globalists, in quotes, and Soros funding myths. Post-World War II, anti-communism ramped up in the U.S. right. FDR had been a popular president with democratic socialist policies. The U.S. had fought against the farthest right politic, fascism, allied with the Soviet Union, literal communists. Wealthy conservatives got nervous. Reverse victimhood is now an art form in right media, but modern talking points regarding the liberal uh, press and left academia existed in the 40s and 50s. Marxists were portrayed as controlling these venues, which justified wealthy conservatives investing in countermeasures. McCarthy spearheaded the effort to run out communists for treason. In addition to the famous Red Scare, he also persecuted many LGBTQ plus people in the Lavender Scare. This was ended by the Supreme Court under Earl Warren. There are stylistic similarities between McCarthy and Trump. In 1958, the John Birch Society was formed to counter quote-unquote international communism via building a right-wing movement. Impeaching Warren was a major objective. They shaped far-right discourse for years to come. And They provide an article from theconversation.com The John Birch Society is still influencing American politics 60 years later. Uh, JBS founder Robert Welch called the civil rights movement a communist plot to create, I'm not even going to fucking share his stupid words, And uh, uh, in the South, and with Martin Luther King Jr. as president. The the conflation of communism and the NAACP is typical of conservatives' racism thinly masked by red-baiting. William F. Buckley said that the advanced whites, that was in quotes, advanced uh, in the South, were justified in taking. uh, He's just fucking gross. I'm not even going to also. That's the thing when you do your own show, you don't have to uh, (sighs) listen to these uh, right wing folks and quote them. You get your radio. Uh, Thanks so much for calling in. My pleasure. Sure. So please uh, introduce yourself.
5: My name is Idan Alva. I've been a Lyft driver for six years now, since 2014. I am also a driver, organizer, and a leader with Gig Workers Rising, which is a non-profit uh, campaign to fight for the rights of gig workers.
2: So yeah, i have talked a little bit about um, Prop 22, which is going to be on the ballot this November, and there's a lot of reasons to vote no on that, and I was hoping you could share a little bit from your own experience uh, as a driver yes. and an
5: activist. Of course. So the truth about Proposition 22 is that it's an initiative that would exempt gig companies from having to comply with fundamental uh, employment laws that apply to all other industries. Things like minimum wage, like overtime, like workers' compensation, unemployment insurance, access to safety equipment, none of these would apply for these companies. They wouldn't be obligated to provide any of these like other employment employers do. And they will prevent their workers from the right to organize, and negotiate as the collective, which all workers deserve to. Right. And probably one of the more concerning things about this legislation is that if it does pass, it is almost practically unchangeable. Uh, it would require seven, eight of the legislature to agree in order to change to modify anything. So once it's passed, it's there to stay. Oof. It must be stopped. Yeah. Yeah, that's
2: why I appreciate folks like yourself calling in just to get the word out, because I feel there's a lot of misinformation out there.
5: Absolutely. And the thing is that it's a very deceptive proposition, because it uses all sorts of words that sound like it's meant to take care of drivers, but it is a... Proposition where gig companies invested 181 or even 191 million dollars at this point, mm-hmm. and they've done it for one purpose alone, and that's to improve their bottom line. Right. And the terminology that they use is false. They are putting in there a lot of verbiage that looks really good, but is actually horrific. They promise, uh, supposedly. 108 and 20% of minimum wage until you read the fine print and you realize that they actually tie to occupied time where there is a passenger and much of the work is done without a passenger waiting for a passenger cleaning the car uh, between rides uh, and, uh, in order for it to be ready during the coronavirus era so fumigating the car, and all this work and, and the wait time is a significant part of the work, uh, which means that in, in terms of actual work, you get much, much, much less than minimum wage, mm-hmm. uh, certainly when you deduct expenses. Yeah. And what gig companies actually do here is they try to exploit their workers to increase their... The bottom line, to not pay for the value of the work and put all the expenses and all the risks onto the drivers. Drivers are underinsured. Dri- drivers are constantly at risk of getting hurt at work. It's, it, it is a dangerous work. Much like everybody else, drivers get sick. Much like everybody else, drivers have all sorts of mishaps, especially when you drive that much. Things like... Yeah bad tires, which I had five of last year. Wow. Windshield, mechanical failures in the car. My car died after 275,000 miles, primarily in driving for Lyft. Wow. Lyft is not going to pay me for the car. It's gone. Yeah. And what they're doing here is to continually exploit their workers, suck all the revenue out of the industry, and leave their workers without the ability to to cope even with the most minimal risks. There are researches that show that most drivers would not have $400 there to deal with a crisis. That means if you live your life that way, if you get paid that little and have that many costs, it means that really trivial things can knock you off your feet, that, you can, that getting sick and not being able to work a few days or having some more significant car problem for you might mean that, that you become homeless. Mm-hmm. And so it is critical that this ongoing exploitation would stop, yes. and that's the only way to do that is to force these companies to comply with the labor laws like every other employer out there,
1: mm-hmm.
5: and make sure that they provide at least the minimum, I'm not talking here about the way to get rich, but at least a minimum to the workers, which is mi- at least minimum wage and basic labor protections prescribed by law.
2: Yes. Yes. And I was thinking also about what you said in terms of just how much money they've been putting into this, the campaign, and that money could go to the workers instead. It just seems like extra insult. That they have the companies have yes. so much money, they have so much revenue that the workers have made for them, and they go around and they use that money to then attack further attack the workers and trick voters into thinking they're going to be helping people.
5: Absolutely, one hundred eighty-one million dollars is more than was put into any ballot measure ever in history. Wow! And uh, <sighs> it surpasses the ballot measures that. Uh, the oil industry invested in wow. and, pharma- and and the uh, tobacco industry and Lyft and Uber and other gig companies are using the exact same PR companies the tobacco industry and uh, oil industry have used in the past. Um, very scrupulous uh, PR companies that operate on the fundamental assumptions That if you lie loud enough, if you spread lies loud enough and, and frequently enough, it'll stick. And all they want is to deceive the voter until the elections. That's what they're trying to do. And they put every cent that they have into that. And they keep throwing money into that. And... And... I trust that the California voter is smart enough to see through all these lies and that um, they're going to vote no on Proposition 22.
2: Yeah. Thank you for, for sharing so much information with us, it's very enlightening. Uh, my pleasure. Yes. Is there anything else you uh, wanted to share while we're on the air?
5: Yes, and um, in terms of personal experience, I mean, there was a time when I got sick around January, and at the time I didn't pay sufficient. Uh, I didn't have sufficient uh, money to pay m- my rent for that month. Again, because I'm earning that little and using all the money that I get immediately for for existence, there is no ability to save, no ability to to. Um, have any safety net and so I had to make the choice between continuing to work and putting myself and my passengers at risk potentially or between losing the roof over my head Mm -hmm. because I'm not paying rent. And I don't wish on anyone to be in that situation but unfortunately many many drivers that I know have been in it and are in it pretty regularly. So basically labor laws are there for a reason. They're there to prevent, To or labor, laws, labor laws are in place in order to enable people to exist in dignity, to not have to choose between their health and their work, to be able to take a couple of days, six days if they need, to be able to pay a doctor, in my case, even after I ended up paying my rent, continuing to work while being sick and paying my rent,
1: mm-hmm.
5: and then uh, I, I stayed at home for a few days because I, w- I was just too sick to work, and I still couldn't see a doctor because the deductible of my insurance, and I paid the cheapest insurance because that's all I can afford, the deductible was too high, and so I had to... Um, not see a doctor and again in a case where an employer doesn't meet the basic legal obligations of protections of providing basic labor protections such as minimum wage such as unemployment such as sick days and to their workers it's not a victimless crime the entire society ends up paying for that it's results with increasing homelessness it results with increased uninsured visits to emergency rooms it uh, it spreads throughout the community so companies like Lyft and Uber don't just rob their own workforce they rob the entire society Yes. and the society should prevent them from doing it and I'm happy to know that Right now, the um, Attorney General of California is taking Lyft and Uber to court, and so far it appears like they're losing big time. Good. Uh, But we also need to make sure that they don't get to legislate their own private law just to exempt them from the laws that everybody else needs to comply with. It would be very similar to me robbing someone and then trying to pass a legislation that exempts me from... Uh, the suffering, the consequences of my actions, mm, I see. and just no on measure twenty-two.
2: Yeah, thank you. That's I appreciate that that example. That really clarifies it. Oof. Well, thank you so much for calling in. My pleasure. Yeah, and can you just remind me how to pronounce your name,
5: please? Sure. First name Idan. That's Edan. David. A. N. Okay, Nora and last name Alva A-L-V-A Idan Alva okay Idan thank you so
2: much for for calling in and really appreciate you sharing this with our listeners my pleasure have a great day you too thanks big thanks to Idan for calling in and we're going to take another bit of a music break and then we'll be back to um, finishing up that thread about the history of red baiting in this country whoa playlist, play some music, and we'll be back in a bit.
9: If you knew that you would die today, you saw the face of God and love, would you change? Would you change, if you knew that love can't break your heart? When you're down so low, you cannot fall. Would you change, would you change? how much regret what chain reaction would cause an effect
2: for calling in thank you
4: yes and this is uh alan yes yes i'm alan and it's a pleasure to be on uh the phone with you and uh to be able to speak to people about uh, proposition 22 today
2: yes so we've been listening to a few folks who have called in shared a lot of information about it So i was curious if we could hear um your perspective on what what it's been like for you so far as a driver well
4: I, I certainly appreciate the opportunity. Um, specifically, I'm a senior citizen, and I'm also disabled. So, and I'm also a person of color. <laughs> so, uh, all of those things factor into the job that we do as um, rideshare drivers. And as you and most of our listeners know, we are uh, also classified as essential workers. <laughs> So a lot of us drivers are really frustrated and remiss to understand why Proposition 22, uh, which specifically harms workers and communities, is being levied against us with the most expensive ballot proposition in national history. Mm. The fact that these companies are spending $200 million to kind of uh, lock us up on the plantation, if you will, is really reprehensible, and uh, we are here to let them know that, as essential workers, we have a level of intelligence and smarts that uh, we're going to protest against it because we do not believe that uh, lower wages help us. We do not believe that spending $200 million on a ballot initiative that cannot be contested later is fair at all, not only just to us workers but to the voting public at hand. And um, when we just really look at what this proposition seeks to do, it's, of course, to increase the bottom-line profitability of a corporation and raise their stock valuations and keep the billionaires at the top richer than ever before. Mm-hmm. Ugh. It's the... so I know that was a mouthful, but uh, – you know, one of the things that we came to understand in the statistics of all this about Prop 22 is that if Prop 22 was to pass, number one, uh, workers would not be paid wait time in the gig share, rideshare industries. You know, that includes companies like DoorDash. Mm-hmm. That includes, uh, you know, Postmates. So we're looking out for workers who do similar jobs as well.
1: Yeah.
4: Um, and in terms of loss of wages. Um, the studies have proven that this is going to cost drivers approximately $500 per week wow. in lost wages. That's $24,000 a year. Yeah. And that's something to really get your eyebrows up about. Yeah.
2: The more I hear about this, I mean, I was already convinced, but like the more I hear about it, just the more enraged I get.
4: As do I, Roman. <laughs> and let me say this, the rage that I feel is not directed at the public. It is not directed specifically at um, the courts themselves. It is directed at the over-empowerment of cash. Mm -hmm. Uh, We we know know, money is now (laughs) classified as speech uh, due to uh, some right-wing interests, and I won't name them, (laughs) and uh, I will just move on to say that this is part of the foundation of what's going on with the rideshare um, titans as well. They're taking cues from other industry and they, they basically understand that uh, what this really does is it undermines driver protections that are essential. Uh, again, we're classified as essential workers just like policemen, firemen, uh, nurses, doctors, uh, and if we have to stop and think about it, we're having a litany of large fires here in California, mm-hmm. and I just want to say clearly that you'd be surprised how many rideshare drivers are going up there to rescue people from their burning properties. Mm. We don't get any credit; we're never talked about for that. But again, we put ourselves in dangerous situations in almost every drive we do. Yes. So we we just really want to be treated fairly per the letter of the law. Absolutely. It's just and human decency too right so one of the things that came out in all of this as we know we are in the largest pandemic uh, probably in modern world history uh, even our president has been stricken and uh, a lot of naysayers are starting to realize that this is a very serious matter. Um, when this initially started rideshare companies failed to provide drivers with PPE uh, they made drivers bear all the costs for it. And for modification of their vehicle. And as we know, one of the proponents of keeping healthy during COVID 19 is to maintain six feet of social distancing. Right. Well the, well, the reality is that's not possible in a normal car. Yes. So that means our exposure is immensely higher. And to take a person that's being exposed at a higher rate and then say, and as your reward for that, we're cutting your pay. Is so disingenuous. Yes, we we, we workers are just we're, we're we're just at our wits' end with this because our families are frustrated. Uh, obviously, many of us have faced the um, situation of being evicted when we couldn't pay our bills, mm-hmm. and uh, there are so many drivers out there that believe me, they're college graduates like I am. They're retired like I am. They're young. They have families to support like many of my co-drivers and friends. Mm-hmm. So what this really does uh, is hurt families and communities as much as drivers. Yes. And uh, we're noticing that drivers um, are really rejecting the concept of being denied paid leave, among other things, mm-hmm. um, and that these two rideshare your corps are spending what a Berkeley study has found to be money – that they failed to pay in to the California tax rolls mm-hmm. during the last four years. Mm-hmm. I mean, how disingenuous and how much can you trust a company you're it's working for ugh. that literally failed to pay their taxes and is now taking that same ill-gotten gain and applying it against your interests as a worker. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Ugh. To me, that is just one of the most – heinous things that could ever be done to an american worker yeah i mean i'm an american i'm proud of being american and all my life i've worked and i'm not ashamed to say i worked and and that work was good for me and good for my family but now in my uh, as we call it golden years uh i still have to work in order to afford a normal living Mm -hmm. and the company that i served for the past three years faithfully is basically throwing mud in my face disgusting it is it is so one of the other things that props 22 uh folks need to know out there is that Pro- prop 22 uh will block access to all of our unemployment benefits <sighs> um and that's not say oh poor me i don't get paid unemployment benefits anytime there's multiple people out in our state or in our communities that are homeless and hungry we know crime rates go up we know that the community suffers as a whole, mm-hmm. whether you're employed or not. So that's yeah. why it's so important that we do get the normal benefits that all American workers receive, sure, such absolutely. as you know paid sick leave.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm a firm believer that everyone deserves everyone to get a house, to get health care, food, education. Like it's not that complicated. Yet under capitalism, it everything's backwards.
4: It certainly is. And you know, that brings up uh, a light to another aspect of we, we talk about unemployment and a lot of people feel like, Oh, you're getting unemployment, you are just you're getting free money. Ugh. Well no, we as all opposed pay to the fucking billionaires, that. excuse me, but like <laughs> seriously. <laughs> yeah. We all pay into that. Yeah. So one of the other horrid aspects of this is it also seeks to cap all injury benefits. Mm. Imagine if I get say, paralyzed in a car accident while I have a passenger, and my passenger, let's say, is, um, you know, injured to a degree that he's lost, he or she has lost their ability to work. These companies are uh, putting into this ballot initiative part of it saying that um, they will cap any benefits of injury and work comp claims. So, you may be entitled to, let's say, as an example, 100000 to support your family and lost wages over the next two years, and they can literally come along and say, ah, we only feel you should get 10000 mm-hmm. So who's going to augment that additional 90000 to help you and your family survive during these times? And the public should be equally frightened as to their position as a passenger. mm mm-hmm. Do- don't don't these same um, limits of uh, compensation for injuries apply to them? Yeah. Well, according to them, they want it to. <sighs> yeah. So and, and the nightmare continues. You know, uh, just to show you how really blatant and strong these companies are persisting in their profit motive. The worst part of this whole thing is that this ballot measure would prevent. Any future, any future amendments to be enacted without the approval of seven-eighths vote of the California legislature. Do you know in the history of this state, we've never had our legislature agree to seven-eighths? Yeah. (laughs) So, in effect, they've set up an impossible um, mountain to climb. They've given us no gear. They haven't compensated us properly, and they've completely forgotten about the damage this will do and the disrepute that this will spring forth in terms of drivers and the companies themselves.
2: So what can fellow folks do to help get the word out about the No on Prop 22 campaign?
4: I think the most important thing that all Americans can do can really do, and especially Californians, is number one, make sure you're registered to vote. Mm-hmm. Number two, don't buy into any of the hokiness of uh, that you're, you, if you mail in your vote, it's going to be a problem. Just so you know, I live in Oakland, and uh, Oakland Alameda Coliseum Stadium is having a three day event where all people can deliver their ballots mm. over there. Great. So voting is number one. You yes. must vote this level of corporate tyranny out of the system on a permanent basis moving forward. Mm-hmm. The best way to do that is to vote no on 22 and speak to your friends, your family, your church members, and your work members about this, and remind them that as this moves forward, it's not just drivers that lose out. Mm-hmm. It is the state taxpayers, and that is every citizen I know.
2: Yes, Thank you so much for, for sharing this, and we'll be, um, through November, definitely putting the word out to, for folks to vote no on 22 and also continuing to amplify the voices of activists. Absolutely.
4: Uh, to Thank and you workers. as well, Roman, for sure having me on today for this brief period of time. And again, uh, vote no on 22 like your life depends on it because it does. it does. Yes. Thank you, Alan. All right, Roman. You have a great day, my friend. You too. Take care.
2: Big thanks to Alan for calling in. Again, no on 22. And for the next few weeks, we'll be definitely pushing that even more. I've got some ideas about uh, chalking. Uh, I like to chalk. I feel like that's one. There's a lot of different ways to show up in the world and um, grab some chalk, chalk on the sidewalks, low risk, uh, can have a big impression on folks. You reach people you might not normally talk to. No on 22. Grab some chalk, chalk it up. That's my recommendation, and that's what I'm going to hold myself to as well. In addition to writing messages along the lines of uh, fund healthcare, not cops, which is also a good thing to, to get out there in the universe. All right, take a bit of a music break here, and then we'll get back to uh, the thread we were sharing earlier. And going to get back online. Got kicked off for a moment. And the last song we played was Tracy Chapman with Change moment here. There we go. And before that, uh, earlier on, we heard Heather Nova with Walk This World, uh, Peter Gabriel with Czar, and I think we'll have some Lou Reed right now.
3: Let's call Busload of Faith. Intelligence. You can't depend on no God. You can depend on only one thing. You need a busload of faith to get by. Hit hey, it baby now, hey, yeah yeah. Busload of faith to get by. Busload of faith to get by. Busload of faith to get by. Need a busload of faith. always happening you can't depend on a murderous drive oh and if you rape somebody you can't be sure that she'll have no trouble having a child and uh, if it tries to abort it pro-lifers will attack with rape can not depend on the worst always happening you need a a slow to fade you get by Uh, if I, my load of faith, get by, my load of faith, to get by, you need a busload of faith to get by. Can't depend on no sacrament, no Father, no Holy Ghost. Can't depend on any churches, unless there's real estate that you want to buy. Can't depend on the worst always happened. You need a busload of faith to get by. Hit give it A busload of faith. A busload of faith fate, to to You can't depend on no miracle, you can't depend on the air, you can't find no wise men, you can't find them because they're not there, you can't depend on cruelty and crudity of thought and of sound. You can depend on the worst stories happening. Oh, busload, a busload, a busload of faith to get by. A busload of faith. A of faith to get by. A busload of faith. A of faith get by. You need a busload of faith. You need a busload of faith. You need a busload of faith, you need a busload of faith, goodbye.
2: version of New York, the album from 1989, It was released very recently, and there's a lot of great tracks on there. I Picked that one a little bit at random, but it's a good song, and also a reminder, you know, busload of faith to get by. I'm going to continue on with reading this thread about red-baiting, and then a little something else that's very vague, but we'll get to it. Okay. All right, next up. So we're talking about the National Review, which, uh, uh, which William F. Buckley founded... And um, so the this National Review was saying that civil rights movement was inspired, infiltrated, and composed of communists, and then the National uh, just said a lot of fucking horrible things. I'm not going to repeat. And in '64, the vast majority of conservatives opposed the Civil Rights Act's passage on the grounds that it was moboc- mobocratic and unruly. Civil rights agitator, and they said civil rights agitators were actually advocating for socialism. And compare this to the rights coding of Black Lives Matter today. And they talk about fuck, excuse me, George Wallace. I just had the tendency to also call him fuckface. Uh, the segregationist governor of Alabama deployed this rhetoric to denounce the quote unquote communists, radicals, and agitators in the civil rights movement. And of course, he was just against black people having rights. It is important to note that while aforementioned racist uh, Republicans were espouting these ideas with some pretense at respectability, insurgent white supremacists such as the KKK were carrying out acts of terror and murder to enforce them. In the 70s and 80s, the religious right arose, cultural communism, i.e. feminism and homosexuality, um, feminism and homosexuality are both great, just my opinion, um, but it's actually also the truth, uh, became central. This formed into cultural Marxism, quote-unquote cultural Marxism and the cultural war important themes post-Cold War, tying gender subversion and communism is a repeated motif. Uh, This thread can only give a select summary, but this Red Scare tactic has clearly been resurrected with a vengeance to target Black Lives Matter, Antifa, and left resistance to Trump. The left should stand strong in solidarity against this narrative. Because, one, it is a form of anti-black racism. It portrays black-led movements as illegitimate and black people as dupes slash mindless mob rather than skilled and thoughtful organizers seeking justice. Two, it obscures white supremacy and is a way to derail the discussion uh, about police brutality. And it pretends far-right actors shooting at Black Lives Matter and police riots against protesters are something other than racist violence. Three, it divides the left. This is something we need to repeatedly emphasize to progressives. We need a broad, diverse left coalition to defeat the tide of fascism. Good protester slash bad protester is an old ass trick. Please let Governor Brown know. Four, and that's, uh, this is from Rose City. So this is up in Portland, although we also have a, or we used to have a Governor Brown. But now I guess we can also let Governor Newsom know just in case. Uh, number four. Uh, it seeks to stigmatize left politics and de-radicalize movements. This is to make social justice movements less effective and also pulls the Overton window further and for the right as people dance for the position of quote-unquote moderate. And there's an article from Jacobin Mag, How McCarthyism and the Red Scare Hurt the Black Freedom Struggle. And five, uh, it seeks to create a false equivalency as communist is at least as loaded as a word as fascist in the U.S., so it's trying to reverse the conversation from being about their fascism and racism. Six, it is to avoid talking about their terrible actual policies. When your main platform is helping rich people by winning over less rich whites through racism, a large amount of bullshittery is necessary to mask that. But they are coming this hard because they know we are winning. So... Again, this thread is—you can find it on Twitter, and there's so many so many resources out there. This is just one thing that I found recently, um, put out by Rose City Antifa at Rose City Antifa on Twitter. Okay. Whew. There's also been a uh, call to create a people's committees for general strike when 45 refuses to leave office if he's still around. So that's been going on as well. More information about that at another time if needed. Also, so I'm going through the. Oh, yes, I was going to share this other link here. Uh, this is from Yacinta Gonzalez, who was a guest on the show again, I think a few years ago, from uh, Mi Gente, which is a great organization folks can support. Um, and so this is the email from Mi Gente uh, hashtag no tech for ice. Hola, Roman. Yesterday, Palantir went public. We've been exposing the company for the past two years as part of our No Tech for ICE campaign, organizing protests, boycotts, research reports, and investigations into a firm that has been called mission critical for ICE. We're going to keep on them, and we need your help. We did amazing things in September, writing an op-ed in The Guardian, organizing protests against Palantir in Palo Alto, Denver, and New York, and coordinating hundreds of people to mass tweet hashtag, excuse me, defund Palantir at the company on the same day. Groups like Amnesty International and the ACLU joined our calls against Palantir, and AOC and Chuy Garcia demanded that the company be investigated. AOC even tweeted in solidarity with us yesterday, writing, Palantir needs to be investigated. We explain all of it in our new blog post outlining our campaign and the danger of Palantir's tech. This fight isn't over. Palantir will continue its work for ICE, ensuring they have the best tools to track, target, detain, and deport folks. We're going to keep fighting. If you're concerned about mass surveillance against our communities, please help us fund this fight. Donate to hashtag No Tech for Ice in solidarity, Asenta. And I'm going to click on this one link here. And if you go to uh, mihentesupportcommittee.com, you can find information there as to donate. You can also donate monthly. And also the article that they mention you can find it at no tech for ice.com uh, ways to take action. There's toolkits ways to organize on campus, join the fight and sign a petition. Uh, you can learn more and there's a blog. You can contact them as well. So lots of information again, no tech for ice.com. All right. It's one forty-two. I think it's about time to wrap up the show. Got to just a fraction of the stories that I <laughs> wanted to today um, and also learned so much. And there's so much out there. Hope to be back next week with uh, some uplifting news, too. So thanks again so much for tuning in. Thanks to all our callers, uh, Cherry and Idan and Alan for calling in and for the folks with Gig Workers Rising. And all the folks out there who are speaking their truth and informing the public of ways to uh, just create... Uh, a better world, and a better world is possible. And also folks from uh, We Drive Progress as well. So thanks again, and also No on 22, and Yes on I. We'll be uh, refreshing that as we go along, and let's find some music to uh, uh, wrap up with. got a couple songs here in a row. We'll do uh, Hold On, Hold On by Nico Case, followed by Hold On by Lou Reed. Uh, have a great week, everyone. Also, yeah, donate to Meet new Radio here, mutinyradio.fm. We've got shows here every day of the week. Uh, you can check out the schedules there. If you're interested in doing a show here of your own, you can do that by contacting Pam, who's the station manager. Also, check out our weekly review webpage, which I am uh, in the process of creating to um, create uh, resources and links um, as a companion piece to this show, which I've been doing now for over six years. So we're updating it slowly but surely, but it's getting there. So you can check that out at weeklyrev.wordpress.com. You can also donate to the show, patreon.com forward slash weeklyrev, anywhere from a dollar a month and more. greatly helps uh, us pay for the dues here at the studio and uh, incentive to keep on going. So thanks again for everyone fighting the good fight, and we'll be back next week.
7: Too dangerous. Hanging around the ceiling half the time. Hanging around the ceiling half the time.
10: Knives and whites with clubs fighting at Howe Beach. There's no such thing as human rights when you walk the New York streets. A cop was shot in the head by a 10 year old kid named Boot in Central Park last week. The fathers of daughters lined up by the coffins by the statue of Bigotry. Hey, you better hold on. Something happening here. You better hold, hold on. Well, I'll meet you at top of the Square. The dope sent a message to the cops last week and they shot him in the car where he sat. And Eleanor Bumpus and Michael Stewart must have appreciated that. There's a rampaging rage rising up like a plague of bloody vials washing up on the beach. It'll take more than the angels. Or I and Mike Tyson to heal this bloody breach. Hey, hey, you better hold on. Or something's happening here. You better hold on. I'm gonna meet you in Tompkins Square. A junkie ran down a lady a pregnant dance that shouldn't have a dance, but the baby was saved. He shot up some China white and nodded out at it the wheel, and he doesn't remember a thing. They shot that old lady, cause they thought she was a witness to a crime she didn't even see. Whose home is the home of the brave by the statue of bigotry. Hey, better hold on. Something's happening here. You better hold on. There's a riot in Tonkin Square. You got a black 38 and a gravity knife. You still have to ride the train. There's the smelly essence of New York down there, but you ain't no Bernard Gets. Uh, there's no Mafia lawyer fighting your corner for that 15 minutes of fame. The haven't have knots have are bleeding in the tub. That's New York's future, not mine. Oh, you better hold on. Or something's happening here. You better hold on. Maybe something's happening here.
11: Take a break from the social isolation and come out to All Jokes, the daytime outdoor comedy show at All Good Pizza in Bayview on Saturday, August 22nd at 3 p.m. Where Drea Myers hosts a super funny lineup of comedians. Grab some brick oven pizza and enjoy the show in an outdoor courtyard with plenty of room to be physically distanced. See you soon at All Good Pizza for this tremendous outdoor comedy show at 1605 Gerald Avenue in the Bayview. That's All Jokes at Good Pizza with Drea Myers, Saturday, August 22nd at 3 p.m.
12: Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are you on a raft without a patter? Mutiny Radio. FM has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat.
0: <laughs> my name is Breakfast, and I'm running for Chancellor of the United States of America. For too long, we have gone without a Chancellor
6: And we brought you fascistness with Mussolini, and before that, the Romans. So if you think you live in a fascist country, well, you do. Antitrump.com is the antivirus to the Trump virus. It started in 2016 with two sketches and a dream for a better America. No one thought it would be this bad he was a 70 year old yammering nimrod how bad could it possibly be we are now in a global pandemic without adequate leadership individual politics are not important we need to rally behind curing the trump virus go to anti-trump.com
12: You ever wanna be funny? Well my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well I mean you ever wanna be like in front of an audience like other than like squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Oh shit. From time to time I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two people's paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? that's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m.s at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! 499.
11: Hey, you, poetry reader. This is Björk's sister, Mjörk. It's okay. We also have a soul and a weekly poetry reading on Mutiny Radius. AltaCast, zoomed every Wednesday at high noon from Glasgow, Scotland. One of our co-hosts from Choose Poetry, Choose Life, Andy Talbot, has a new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin, which is available at analogsubmission.com now. Go buy it and don't let the poets lie to you. Once again, that's Andy Talbot's new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin, available at AnalogSubmission.com.
5: Welcome to Strictly Bad
8: Vibes, your personal complaint department. Uh,
7: what, what the hell are we talking
8: about? Um, whiny people and their stupid complaints that we requested they send us.
7: Why
8: do we do this? Why, why are we doing this? <laughs> None
3: of which matters in this equation because it is his choice to carry such
4: horse shit on the fucking train. And he was yelling. He was like, Move that bitch, Move that bitch. And,
12: uh, and uh, I wasn't. I wasn't. I'm just not. I'm not moving it, you know. I've
8: arrived. Why should I move?
5: I don't like What work has
4: been giving us at our free
8: lunches? 115-340-1976, and it does not spell anything. 115-340-1976. Go for it. Call in, guys.
11: Are the end times upon us? Not yet, my friends. Please, this is an impassioned plea from Pam Benjamin director of Mutiny Radio. Let us live past October. You think it's a joke? COVID is decimating all of us and especially us here at Mutiny Radio. We have money left until October 1st. Don't let anyone sing despite of their size. Please, please go donate to our GoFundMe. Go to Radio. .fm and click that GoFundMe button, or just go to Venmo, Mutiny Radio, all one word, just Mutiny Radio. Give us five bucks. Help us keep free speech and radical self-expression real and alive here in San Francisco and all over the world. Please donate to our Mutiny Radio, GoFundMe, and keep us alive in 2020 and beyond. Don't let our world end.
8: LSD, fap, acid, and fapping, fapping and acid, acid, fapping, fapping and acid, fap, 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 acid. Thank you. That song is called Acid and Fapping.
0: The Ministry of Lava manages our national lava resources to ensure that we will always have a steady supply of lava to operate the nation's active volcanoes, which in turn power our cities and methamphetamine labs. <laughs>